Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. We got a London game this week, fellas. We got Jacksonville and, of course, of course, Jacksonville at London, but taking on the Atlanta Falcons in this one. As far as injuries go, Zay Jones not looking good with the knee issue he has. I'll talk to Brian Scott tomorrow more about that, what his outlook is looking like. Jacksonville favored minus three in this game with an over-under, pretty low over-under at 43. Makes sense. Atlanta likes to muck up the game. Jacksonville has not been scoring all that well. Uh, while we talk about Trevor Lawrence there, Chase, uh, I still have him in the top 10 quarterback, but he's been QB 20 so far. I don't really put this on him, though. The play calling from Doug Peterson, it's been horrendous. It's been out of sync and out of rhythm. I have not. Yeah, it's Russ Taylor actually calling the play. So go ahead. Whoever. That's, that's a big part of the problem. Yeah, whoever. It sucks. And there's no play is setting up the next play. Yeah. And that's that's and that's the biggest issue that I see right now when I'm looking at this Jacksonville team. Trevor Lawrence looks fine. He just looks like he's not getting any help. And the receivers look like they're not getting any help. So, Chase, talk to me about Trevor Lawrence. Are you panicking on him at all for this season? No, not at all. And if anybody else is out there and you need help at your quarterback position, if you lost Rodgers right off the bat four minutes into week one or whatever else, uh, you might have an opportunity here to try and buy low on him. Uh, I agree with you. I'm not impressed with Press Taylor and, and the play calling that's happening down there. Uh, they, they, need to start, they need to start establishing some kind of rhythm. I don't care how they do that. I don't care if they – treat Trevor Lawrence like it's his first year in a league again, or like you did at the early point of last year and just try some short throws, try something. I just talked about how last week, both teams actually were trying to attack over the middle. It wasn't just Atlanta trying to attack Detroit over the middle. Detroit trying to attack Atlanta the same way. Start getting that ball out there to Christian Kirk, who has looked good. Get the ball out there to Evan Ingram, get the man in some rhythm. Like you said, uh, you know, lead, lead the plays. Have, a, have an actual game plan, except in other than just like, well, I guess this is something we run and toss Let it. Let him run. It, oh, yeah, that too. Let him run. So, yeah, no, I'm not panicking on him. I'm like you. I have him in the top 10 again this week as well, uh, same way. Uh, it's not pretty so far, but like I said, hey, if someone else in your league is panicking and you need, you're kind of stuck at the bottom end of the quarterback pool here, you might have an opportunity to buy low, if some, especially if, if for whatever reason Sunday morning doesn't go as great as we're all hoping it does. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, Michael's been hanging out and waiting for a while. So Adam, let's help him out with this question. He's in a three flex league and he's trying to decide who to start. I'm guessing these are for his three flexes. Uh, he's got Derrick Henry, Zach Moss, Jerry Judy, Brian Robinson, Romeo Dobbs, James Conner. We're in a world where he actually had to ask this question with Derrick Henry. Uh, but yeah, who, who'd you start? Uh, I'm going to keep it with Henry. I like the matchup against Cincinnati. Their edge rush is really good, but that interior is exploitable. And I think the game script's probably a, a one that, you know, should be a pretty back and forth as far as running goes. Uh, I'm keeping Zach Moss in. I mean, he's getting the volume. What else can you do? That's kind of the state of the running back position right now. And the Colts offensive line is playing really well. Uh, finally, and I'm shocked to say it as you are going to be to hear it. I think it's James Conner, to be honest with you. I, he's performing. It is what it is. This offense, I've been kind of impressed with how it's been called, um, young OC. Um, and, yeah, again, I, I've been impressed with it. I think that was an impressive win against Dallas, and James Conner has been a, a bright spot for them this whole season. So he's a guy who I'm more concerned about his long-term health than his week-to-week ability right now. Yeah, you know what? I, I can't can't argue with anything you just said. Uh, let's get back to this game then. So we got B. John Robinson, of course. You're playing him, starting him. He's still a top five. And Travis Etienne, the only silver lining right now going over the Jacksonville offense is that he's been getting a bell cow workload so he can keep playing him as a top-level RB1. Tyler Algier, I have him as an RB3 still at 32 this week because it kind of gets ugly after like RB30 and going into this week right now. But he's played less and less since week one. He's clearly touchdown dependent. He only had 20 snaps last week, which led to seven carries and three targets. Pretty soon, Tyler Algier is going to be in handcuff and handcuff only territory for me. I don't know, Chris, are, are you, are, is Tyler Algier falling out of flex play for you or no? Well, until I see his offensive line show some improvement and also some of the play calling showing some improvement, it has to be. Well, that ain't I, mean, I think what you saw last week is, yes, the game flow didn't, definitely didn't favor Tyler Algier, but you watch this offensive line get their asses kicked. So offensive line is supposed to be good. We talked about PFF's rankings before coming into the season. They were number three. It was the offensive line supposed to. He has a lot of money invested in it. It's a veteran line. has been playing together for a while, but they just simply had got out physical. And if that's going to be the issue, then you tell Al is not one of the bigger backs. He's not going to make you miss in the backfield. He's going to have to get north and south. So I think he's a guy, though, that Atlanta offense kind of gets back on track and it isn't as putrid as it was last week. Will be a flex option again moving forward. Just not this week yet. You can't be that confident because both these offenses are going to could make it really ugly in, in, in uh, England this week. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Chase, I'd, I would love to have Eric's uh, dilemma here, but who would you go with, Kamara <laughs> right. or Tyron Williams? Yeah, who the, the hell are you putting in your first two slots if this is who you're choosing at at flex? Well, there are um, kind of flex options, so geez. Well, that's, that's valid, Chris. That's actually valid. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, <laughs> well, based on my rankings, I've got I've got Kyron up there. I don't – I mean, it's, it's a weird question. It seems like a weird question, but – we don't necessarily know yet, you know, how, how, I mean, I expect Kamara to come out. I expect him to be the lead back. What the split is between him and doesn't Kyron. matter. Chase. Sorry. We don't necessarily know, but I've got Kyron ranked at 13. I've got Alvin ranked at 19. So spe- speaking, you know, solely based on rankings, I'm I'll go Kyron on that. Did you see the offensive line with the Saints? That's, I mean, to me, this, this is, that's a no brainer. As in Kamara, as in Kyron. Well, look, I know I'm excited for Kamara too to be back, and it's exciting to actually have running backs. Dan talked about the top 30. I mean, Dan, Dan if not the top 10 <laughs> right, running backs, right. disgusting right now. So Alvin Kamara is like everybody's like, woohoo, Alvin Kamara. Remember what he's going to do? But remember what he did last year? I think he'll be way better at, at some point. 
But this offensive line is bad. I mean, like, bad, bad. So, yeah, James Winston having his first game in God knows how long. I don't, I'm a camaraderie supposed to come out and save people's rosters. I'd be a little nervous about sticking him in there right off the bat. While well, Kyron Williams is not impressive at all, you know he's the only guy that's going to touch the ball. For the you make a good point, though, that Jameis Winston was not necessarily great for Alvin Kamara's fantasy value when he played in the past. When no. Jameis Winston has been the starter, Alvin Kamara's fantasy value has actually taken a hit from that. So you're, yeah. you make a decent point there, too, as well. Yep, we'll have to see. Uh, but I, I agree with you, Chase. I do have Kyron ranked ahead of Kamara this week. Uh, I have to kick this back to Chris. So, Chris, I think I might have let you uh, victory lap a little too early on Calvin. <laughs> Ridley, there, buddy. Right, bro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. Since week one, Kirk's run more routes. He's had more targets. Ridley's only had 18% target share the last two weeks. That's like low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three territory. About where I had him ranked coming into the season. Now I'm just, I'm, I'm just having a little fun with you but uh, we spoke about this a little bit with the trevor lawrence of it all and it just it's just, just more the same press taylor's got to go for this offense to turn around for everybody well i mean, also want to point out ridley dropped two touchdowns last week too i mean he had two Fair. catches in the end zone there should have been touchdowns he had a pass interference so there was definitely yards he left and that was on him i can't take that away from Kyle ridley he had some boneheaded mistakes but i don't disagree i think what you saw is the offense kind of trying to get everybody involved which is understandable Christian Kirk was basically forgotten about that week one when Calvin Ridley had his good game. So that's what you saw kind of, you know, fix itself. Christian Kirk's still making $20 million. He's going to be involved in some kind of capacity. I think Zay Jones being injured actually might be a blessing in disguise. I think you're seeing these situations where sometimes some of these play callers, particularly when they're not that nuanced at it, when they're trying to get everybody involved, they struggle more so when they have less weapons. They do better because they know who to get the ball to. They know what to kind of focus their offense on. I think right now Jacksonville's trying to figure out, like, oh, we need to get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, unless you're getting no continuity and no rhythm. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree, but I, I had to bust your chops a little bit about that. No, um, uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, def- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, what's he even gonna say now? Uh, Christian Kirk, wide receiver, high and wide, uh, low and wide receiver, two high and wide receiver, three can put him in that category. I'm still keeping Drake London on the bench if you can help it, maybe a mid level wide receiver, four. And Evan Ingram's gonna be in my lineup. I just want to mention Kyle Pitts briefly. We've kind of bashed him quite a bit. I, all I want to say here is that now, on top of everything else, while he had his highest target game of the year. He's now splitting time with Janu Smith down the middle, not just in snaps, which were almost 50-50, but now in targets too. Janu Smith coming out with eight targets in this game. Just another reason why I just don't trust this guy, why he will not be in my top 12 until either the quarterback or the play calling changes. Uh, So with that, let's go ahead and get into our next.